What's happening, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to a brand new episode of Caffeinate Today for March the 5th of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I hope that this one does find you well. And of course, for those that are brand new to the program, this is a daily gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry, and I pack it up in one tight, neat little package for you to enjoy. And today, we have more information about the Xbox Maverick, which is the code name for a brand new digital only current generation Xbox One that is apparently going to be launching this May. We'll talk more about that report from Windows Central, uh, which was without a doubt the biggest news story of the day. On top of that, the Vivendi story with Ubisoft continues with the reveal that Vivendi has sold the remaining Ubisoft shares, pretty much freeing up the company from any kind of control, which of course they were going for about a year, a year and a half ago. Days Gone has a 30-hour campaign, but reportedly it is going to be 20% cutscenes. We'll talk more about that and what that very well could mean for Days Gone, which of course is one of the spring's biggest PlayStation exclusive games. Origin has a brand new EA publisher sale going on right now. We'll talk about some pretty good deals for you and of course to round out today's show we always have some discussions around some pretty humorous topics and the internet has reacted to sonic's movie design we'll talk more about that and what i personally think about the little blue devil himself but that's pretty much today's show and again if you are brand new welcome on in i do hope you enjoy what you find but without further ado let's go ahead and dive into the hottest gaming news of the day First off, the Xbox Maverick console will be named Xbox One S All Digital Edition and pre-orders begin in April of 2019, according to the sources over there for Windows Central. First detailed by Brad Sams of Therot.com, Microsoft has been experimenting with a diskless Xbox One S console codenamed Xbox Maverick with a launch window thought to be around Q1 2019. According to our sources, they say, we now know a little bit more about the timing and the marketing name of this intriguing new console. Microsoft is reportedly set to call the diskless Maverick console the Xbox One S All Digital Edition, with pre-orders aiming for mid-April 2019 and with general availability coming in early May of 2019. It looks as though it could be a near global simultaneous launch for almost all existing Xbox markets. The diskless Xbox One S will be a first for the company, offering fans the ability to ditch discs altogether and go all in on digital game licenses. As Microsoft pushes for greater access to its game library via things like the Xbox Game Pass digital subscription and the incoming streaming service Project X Cloud, dropping the disk drive from the all-digital edition should make it the cheapest Xbox console yet, although we have no word on pricing just yet or even whether the console will see any design refinements beyond simply dropping the disk drive. In addition to the diskless Xbox One uh, S All Digital Edition, we have heard Microsoft may be gearing up to announce a Fortnite Edition console with a custom Fortnite design rather than a simple game bundle. It's unclear whether the Fortnite console will be a regular S or an X or a diskless version at this time, but of course they will update the post as they find out more information. Uh, so the question here is, will it be a 4K capable machine because as always with these sorts of rumors they should be taken with a pinch of salt but losing the disk drive puts a limit on the amount of 4k content that you can consume on xbox particularly outside of the usa where 4k digital video offerings are lacking compared to physical 4k blu-ray discs but going all digital brings benefits like preloading of games and instant refunds via the microsoft account page but whether or not the diskless future will extend to the rumored next-gen xbox anaconda and lockhart scarlet range console 
controls remains to be seen. But if the all digital edition does prove successful, it may tip Microsoft's hand. So that's pretty much what we know so far. Uh, and also to Dragon New Light, I appreciate those bits, my friend. Welcome on in. Uh, what we know so far is that you do have an Xbox One S console that is reportedly going to be completely and totally digital. And this is a fantastic idea because of where Xbox and Microsoft are right now in terms of digital streaming services and also digital content availability. Back whenever the Xbox One first launched, to have a digital only console made literally no sense because everybody was very disc oriented towards the beginning of this generation of consoles, so it wouldn't have worked back then. But since then, as the article does mention, you have stuff like Game Pass making waves in the industry, both on PC and on Xbox, really bringing uh, the subscription-based concept into the limelight and really convincing people that a subscription service like Game Pass might be the way to go in the future. And it definitely is turning heads without a doubt. So to have no disc uh, drive on an Xbox One is not necessarily as limiting as it was back in the day. Now, of course, if you do buy digital games, uh, you are still going to be subject to likely higher pricing depending on what kind of game you're buying, uh, because this is one of the biggest issues that people had back when Sony tried their hand at a digital-only console, or at least a handheld, with the PSP Go. Uh, I was one of the early adopters of the PSP Go. For those that don't know, it was pretty much a digital-only version of the PSP uh, that had slightly better graphics in a way because of the screen and the type of uh, pixel density that the screen itself had if I remember correctly but the big issue is that when you could go to GameStop and pick up a Gran Turismo game for example for $8 the game itself was still $20, $30, $40 over there on the PSP store with PlayStation you know, store accessibility. Uh, so whenever you have that kind of concept happening, that's when you run into an issue uh, with the overall idea of a digital-only console. Now, with that being said, the pricing has definitely come a long way over the course of the past few years because there are many, many sales, uh, as we're going to be talking about here today, uh, that are happening across Xbox and PlayStation and even PC very, very frequently. And also, prices are regularly being updated even more. So you are beginning to kind of get that same equality uh, with a physical purchase and a physical brick-and-mortar store on the digital front. Uh, so to have a diskless console, a console that is completely and totally uh, digital makes sense right now and it's also one of those concepts that works at the end of a console's generation because as we wind down the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 console cycles uh, they're willing to take more risks you're willing to go out and really kind of just test the waters and see if a certain idea would work or not uh, because again as I said if they had released this at the beginning of the console generation the marketing would have been strange the idea of a digital only future may not have been quite ready for the public eye, a lot of factors could have impacted that overall reception. But again, right now, it very well could work. Uh, so as far as what I predict the price to be, uh, right now, you're looking at an Xbox One S console being right around 250 if I remember correctly. Let's, let's look it up real quick. Console. Uh, we, are, we are looking at around, I, I would assume, maybe around 250 Let's Google it real quick. Uh, save $100, so they're $100 off right now. Uh, but you're looking at $300. I apologize. $300 for your base model of the Xbox One S. So I would say you could very well see this thing come down to maybe $250, even 
go as low as 200 if they're willing to really cut out some cost here and of course hopefully I would assume it might be a little bit thinner that would be very nice but it depends on how much Microsoft actually wants to put in to this new cheaper diskless version of the Xbox one uh, so will you be picking one up let me know in the chat let me know in the comment section down below I would love to hear your thoughts as for me coming from somebody who has been in on an Xbox one s who has been in on an Xbox one X and has sold both of them this one would catch my eye depending on the price because I do have a pretty large digital library of games on the Xbox one that I would like to get access to play and of course for those that like stuff like Gears of War for those that like stuff like Halo this is pretty much the best way to get a very broad uh, base core foundational Xbox experience uh, for a relatively affordable price later on in its life cycle now of course in the chat we have sad not for me of course in reference to the Xbox One S All Digital Edition, aka the Xbox One Sad Edition. Good marketing, boys. Good marketing, if it is in fact true. Again, everything rumored as of right now. Uh, but without a doubt, interesting move, if true. Big if true, they may say. But let's move on to the next story of the day, talking about Vivendi, because they have sold the remaining Ubisoft shares that they pretty much were holding the company for ransom with, in a way. Media conglomerate ultimately gained about 1.2 billion euros from a failed attempt to acquire publisher. Nearly a year after first announcing an end to its bid to acquire Ubisoft, excuse me, Vivendi has sold off its final shares in the Assassin's Creed publisher. As reported by Reuters, Vivendi today said it has sold off the last of its Ubisoft stake, representing about 5.9% of the company. At its peak, Vivendi owned 30.5 million shares in Ubisoft, or about 27.3% of the company, a very large chunk for those keeping track. Though it did not realize its ambitions to bring the publisher in-house, Vivendi clearly benefited from its investment. Reuters noted that Vivendi's total sales of Ubisoft shares brought in about 2 billion euros for a capital gain of about 1.2 billion. Quote, Vivendi is no longer an Ubisoft shareholder and maintains its commitment to refrain from purchasing Ubisoft shares for a period of five years, the company said, adding that it is still looking to bolster its presence in the games industry. Vivendi previously owned Activision Blizzard, though it sold the company to an investment group led by Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick and co-chairman Brian Kelly in 2013 for $8.2 billion, effectively making Activision Blizzard an independent publisher. In 2016, Vivendi brought back its way, excuse me, bought its way back into gaming with the hostile takeover of mobile publisher Game Loft. And so... Uh, this is a story I've been talking about for pretty much since I began the podcast. Uh, this is something that has been coming down the pipe for a very long time. And of course, as the article itself does pretty much uh, do a really good job of describing, Vivendi was going in for a hostile takeover of Ubisoft by buying up a bulk of shares uh, to pretty much have the largest stakeholder say in the company. And so now that this has been stopped, Ubisoft maintains its independence. Uh, and it, of course, is remaining the company that we all know and love today. So, that's a pretty good piece of news. Of course, some people love Ubisoft, some people don't. Uh, but in my personal opinion, Ubisoft is doing a very good job of being able to maintain a quality with their games. Of course, right now I'm diving back into Far Cry 5, which is one of my most underrated games of 2018, in my personal opinion. Uh, but just to see the company maintain what it is at its core uh, is fantastic in and of itself. But also to take into consideration the fact that the company has been improved year over year and the games have been improving again in my opinion year over year uh, I think it's a good thing to see so uh, congratulations to Ubisoft for not getting hostily taken over uh, hostility whatever it may be 
congrats to maintaining that independence. But moving on to Days Gone, because it's one of this spring's biggest games for PlayStation fans, it is reportedly going to have a 30-hour campaign, but about 20% of that is going to be cutscenes. Interesting move. Days Gone, the upcoming action-adventure game from SIE Ben Studio, will include a roughly 30-hour campaign, and 20% of it will be made up of cutscenes. Initially reported by German alley GameReactor.dk, Ben claims the game's main story will take roughly 30 hours to complete, an estimate previously reported by Game Informer. However, Ben has also reportedly stated that there are about 6 hours of cinematics in the game, meaning they should constitute about 20% of the overall campaign. This six-hour estimate was later confirmed on Twitter by Sam Witwer, who portrays the game's protagonist, Deacon St. John. And of course, there's plenty of coverage out there on IGN and other sources for Days Gone, uh, but very interesting to hear that 20% of the game is probably going to be cutscenes, and I think that it could possibly work with this game. Now, to take a step back, a 30-hour campaign is not small by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not exactly a Red Dead Redemption 2-esque kind of experience, uh, because you do have a lot to do within Days Gone. Of course, many side missions, many uh, various story campaigns, whatnot. Uh, but again, 30 hours, not really breaking any kind of records here. And so for six hours of that to be devoted to cutscenes, I have to say that if this story is not good, uh, uh, Days Gone is not going to do that well. Whenever you have that big a portion of your game, again, 20% devoted to cutscenes entirely, that's when you're running the risk of the story being disappointing and therefore being a disappointing game overall. Now, as for me, and I've said this on Twitter, uh, since the game has begun to pick up a bit more traction as we do near release, I do believe Days Gone very well could be an underrated game for 2018, uh, one that is overshadowed by a lot of big releases around it that doesn't get the right recognition that it does deserve. But overall, uh, very excited to see what the future of Ben Studio holds, and on top of that, what we are looking at with Days Gone. Again, a lot of potential with this game, they just have to reach out and take it, because there is a lot that can be done overall. But we'll see what happens when the game does launch in just a couple of weeks, April the 26th of 2019, again, exclusively to the PlayStation 4. Maybe that delay paid off, we'll have to see what happens. But again, Days Gone very well could be a pretty big win. Now let's talk about a good sale coming to a PC near you. Origins EA Publishers sale includes steep discounts on Battlefield 5, The Sims 4, and more. Now I am in no way affiliated uh, with the sale, with Origin, with anything like that. This is not a hashtag ad. I just wanted to let you know that you can get some pretty solid deals. A little over one month ago, the Sims 4 Anniversary Sale dropped prices on the base game and various expansion packs. If you were hoping other EA titles might go on sale, you are in luck. Origins EA Publisher Sale is live and includes discounts on most of the company's recent games. In the US, the base version of Battlefield 5 is $29.99. Again, there is no season pass. Every update, every DLC pack, every new weapon is free for Battlefield 5. So hey, for 30 bucks, that is a pretty good steal and the game is gorgeous on top of that if I do say so myself. FIFA 19 is $19.79. Star Wars Battlefront 2 is $5.99. And Titanfall 2 is $7.50. If you missed out on the last Sims sale, the Sims 4 Standard Edition is actually cheaper this time around at just $4.79. And a few expansions are also discounted for the Sims as well, including Seasons and Cats for $20 a pop. 
Uh, but of course, you can dive in and check out the entire list of discounts right now over on Origin if you did want to dive into it. A good many good sales uh, going on right now. You have an Ubisoft sale over on the PlayStation 4 as well as on the PC client. Unsure if that's on Xbox. Did not take the time to check. Uh, but again, some pretty good deals there. I saw a Far Cry bundle as well. If you are looking to get a pretty big swath of Far Cry games that have come out over the past few years. Uh, but overall, fantastic time to go back and check out some of last year's biggest hits or even a couple of years back because, hey, Anthem didn't exactly perform as well as people thought. Maybe you're not into that game. Maybe Fortnite's getting stale or Apex Legends may be getting a little bit too full of hackers for you, which is something that's happening right now. So, hey, go ahead and dive in. Check out some of these brand new deals. Again, Battlefront 2, a game that has changed drastically since launch for $5.99, may very well be worth your time. And again, be like Steffi. Pick up a lot of stuff because, hey, if there's one thing we all need, it's more stuff in our backlogs. Absolutely. Now let's move on to the final discussion of the day. The internet and Sonic's creator have reacted to Sonic's movie design. We now live in a post-Sonic the Hedgehog movie render world. Sonic the Hedgehog does not resemble a hedgehog in the slightest, and I'd argue, the author says, he is more recognizable because of it. He's a blue ball with spikes on his head, skinny legs, conjoined eyeballs, and sneakers. It sounds like me. In the upcoming Sonic movie, he probably looks like this. And this, again, is a Sonic the Hedgehog render, which is... For some reason, off-putting to me, very strange. Uh, I don't like it, the author says, and neither did a lot of the internet. In fact, Sonic creator Yuji Naka, I believe that's how you say that name, took to Twitter to explain exactly what he didn't like about the design. And again, that's in a language I don't know. Uh, but the translated tweet reads, I feel like with the Sonic here, visually, the important thing to look at is the head and the body ratio and the roundness of the abdomen. I wonder if they couldn't have balanced them a little bit better. These images of Sonic aren't coming officially from the movie, making source i think it's possible they're being strategically leaked though getting people talking about it because it's bad can't be good for sonic's existing ip he continued well there's also the possibility this is a fan made even though so though even so excuse me i'd still prefer if they put some gloves on it seeing him barehanded is quite a shock i love the fact that he used the term shock uh thank you naka the author says i also find seeing him barehanded to be a shock now onto the jokes and of course there are plenty of jokes coming about the new appearance of Sonic. Uh, but what I want to talk about is the fact that Sonic the Hedgehog, at least the render that we're seeing today leaked on Twitter, could very well be fixed relatively easily if you do consider just making his eyes a bit bigger. Now, this is something that I saw on Twitter uh, thanks to Tom Marks uh, over here. If you literally take the original image that was leaked from the film style guide and you make the eyes a little bit more traditional, where it is kind of a goggle-shaped pair of eyeballs, there's nothing wrong with this render. I really don't think uh, that this is going to be that big of a deal if they change just a couple of things about it. Uh, very interesting for the author of the Kotaku article to point out that, hey, this very well could be a strategic leak and you could be seeing some changes made before the film actually does hit theaters. Uh, but overall, interesting nonetheless to see the leak of the brand new Sonic appearance in the game, uh, or at least in the brand new movie. In the game... I mean, we're still looking okay. Uh, but again, you guys will have to let me know what you think. Also, delicious picture of nachos posted by uh, Graham Boyd over there on Twitter if you did want to check it out. 
Also, Linkblood, hey, how you doing? Uh, so, again, if you do want to check out what Sonic is bringing to the table so far, uh, then by all means, you can check it out for yourself over there on Twitter, over there on Facebook, over there on pretty much everywhere, because tons and tons and tons of people are beginning to discuss what we have here with this brand new render of Sonic. My God, that is nightmare fuel in a nutshell. Uh, but... That wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinate. If you did enjoy today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below if you're watching on YouTube. Of course, if you're hanging out live in the chat, I appreciate you being here. And of course, the show is hosted live five nights a week, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time if you did want to check it out. Of course, today's show, relatively short because there was relatively a lack of news aside from the Xbox story and a couple of other things. But... Again, I will always let you guys know what is going on in the gaming industry that we all love if you did want to stop by and check it out. And of course, the show's up on YouTube, podcast services, all of that good stuff. But as for right now, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your evenings and peace.